Good. All right. Well, welcome everyone to Scatterbrain. It's been a little while since we've done our last one and uh, what's good? Being busy is awesome. So to start off today, I told John when we talked earlier about uh, about a dead body they found in the bayou here in New Orleans. This uh, The New Orleans rowing crew is out for their early morning practice and lo and behold, there the body is floating in the water. Ruled a homicide, so it was actually a dumping ground. There used to be, there's just, actually there used to be, there's still a place east of New Orleans on the way to like Mississippi called the Irish Bayou where they used to drop bodies all the time. So dropping them into the bayou. Is that the mafia or like the local, whoever the people are killing people? Man, it's normal, dude. Crime yeah. here is uh, crime here is is basically it's well, it's just like it's like beer. It's probably easily available. And uh, so, what happened, dude? Is um, what they've been noticing lately is a lot of gators have been showing up and like getting on the side of the shores, or and people are sunbathing and letting their dogs swim, and there's triathletes that swim in the bayou, and there's all these gators showing up. I, where they come from, I don't know. It's their, it is their domain, so we you know we're lucky to be in there. But I assume that whoever decided to dump the body in the bayou probably thought, well, there's enough gators out there that'll devour this thing. Right. No evidence, missing person report. So that was exciting news to wake up to and read. Go, all right, man. Lucky them. <laughs> with do, now, here's a. I don't know what, this just came to me, but with the way scientists are with studying animals, and I kind of want to talk about that chip, that chimpanzee they put the neural link chip in recently mm-hmm. um but do you think when animals are do you think they know how to diet or they just know they're so primal that instinct that they need meat they have to eat meat like i, I, I assume animals know when they get full but do they yeah. know hey i need more carbs like do they know that stuff no they i i think they still have a very hunter gatherer uh right. bc mentality like i'm hungry i'm gonna eat or you know, obviously they talk about things like bears and stuff that basically will like load up and eat and hibernate and not go on the hunt during the winter. So they know they have such much, I think they have just a much more advanced um, kind of like inner uh, understanding of their bodies than we do. We, we are swayed by marketing. Oh, Dorothy Correct. lost 20 pounds. I'm going to do that same diet, even though I don't right. need to like cut all these things out. I think we're just easily swayed. I think animals are basically, they're, they're, it's the last primal instinct of like, hey, I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat, there's a gazelle, I think I'll go get it. And also they have a complete understanding of their packs. I'm the sole hunter for our pack, so I need to go find us and I can drag back to the rest of the, to my babies or, or, or my whatever, whoever else is in their pack, whether it be wolves or you know the pride of lions and things like that. So. I think that, dude, I think the, obviously the ultimate predator is the great white shark. Just swims and eats. It doesn't well, make friends. It doesn't have any... It, there aren't two great white sharks like patrolling the waters together. They don't do Right, that. like talking baseball. Hey, did you watch the game? Oh, you, how about that school of fish we just slaughtered? <laughs> that, that's what it is. No, they are They are like the ultimate lone wolf, man. They are the, they are the unabomber of the oceans. You know, They're just basically out there with a hoodie on doing their thing. Not like dolphins or whales, they have all these schools and things like that. So yeah, dude, or a pod of whales. There's something to it though. But like you said, like they actually, if they're hungry, they go out and they put the effort and time in to mm-hmm. grab what they want. Whereas we as humans will just roll out of bed like slobs and sloths and just go to the local store or if we're super lazy, have someone deliver it to us when we're more than capable to walk a couple of blocks to grab food. Well, that's the thing. You should walk to go get your food. That way you build up a little bit of 
exercise, you get a little pre pre food cardio, and then you can walk your breakfast off, whatever it may be. I think though, dude, that their bodies are so in sync that like, they're not like us who go, Oh my God, I haven't had any spinach. So I'm not getting those antioxidants and folic acid I need there. What well, most animals, not all, but most are looking for fat. So they hunt right. the things that their body needs. It's basically just genetically put in there. Great whites hunt tuna and they hunt seals because they're all the extra fat, you know, the fatty acids, the fatty oils. And then, you know, wolves will basically need, they need protein to stay lean and fast and have energy. So they'll basically hunt that. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not herbivores. Um, I think gorilla is the only thing that kind of goes against that instinct to the sense that like, you know, the only time they, they would never eat another animal per se, but they would kill it to protect. Correct. And, and, um, but yeah, they're just, there's plant eaters because that's what their digestive tract is. Cause I imagine the stomach and someone could correct me if I'm wrong. The stomach of a gorilla is quite small compared to the size of the body. They're already kind of this perfect machine. So them having to go out and get like, why well, I'm going to go kill a rabbit. Cause I need rabbit protein. Yeah. I don't think it's just there, man. I mean, that's the good thing about us is like, you know, humans always think of themselves as these like superior creatures. Quite honestly, we're low bottom of the food chain when it comes to like the way instincts and time um, have kind of shaped us and we're getting worse. We're, we're slowing down. We're, we've de-evolving for sure. I mean, look at the way people are in the world today. I mean, yeah. listen, the COVID thing is always cracks me up. Is like, no one brings up the fact that 70% of the people who die from it are obese. Why isn't the obesity issue brought up anymore? Health's never brought up anymore. Unless it's like a situation where they can manipulate it. It's like, we really should be working on like, I mean, you got to give Michelle Obama at least some credit. She tried to change up some lunch things. I mean, it was misguided, but at least she was looking at the health. I mean, at least she put the effort in or put the, put it under the microscope and all those guys. I mean, like, you know, it's like, yes, it's, it's, it's one thing to talk it, but she was trying to put an action. And I'm, you know, again, I thought it was very misguided because the foods weren't that good. But I think that's what happening is that we've got no leaders now who still go a, if you look at like our assistant human health secretary these days, not only is it just the kind of bizarro of that person, but they're completely out of shape. They're, they're grossly obese. Do you think people are too ignorant? I mean, we understand that. I think people are waking up to the, the hypocrisies where it comes to these people, these positions of power, but do you think people look at that who support, whoever like whatever it is like the whatever the they're representing do you think people look up to them and it's like yeah but oh yeah they, they care about my health like people can't be that oh, ridiculous I think, are they I, I think that i definitely think that most people are they're not i'm not saying they're wise but they are kind of like onto it and i don't think you know we're still obviously stuck in a culture where politicians due to the fault of their own they are not looked upon highly as like some sort of role model uh, athletes sort of are celebrities sort of are and not for the, all the right reasons though it's just more of money attention power uh structure not because they're good moral souls or anything like that and you know so i don't know man i i yeah i don't with politicians i don't know i don't i can't it's funny people always make not people but certain segments of society make fun of people like jim jordan i'm like Oh, it looks like you could be an oh, like Ohio high school wrestling coach. I'm like, that's a good thing. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Right. The Paul. guy looks healthy. The guys, the guys healthy. I mean, guys like, you know, it's just like, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, if there's, there's some, I mean, who's the one, um, like I know Marjorie green gets a lot of hell because of her certain, she has a certain standpoints, but you know what? She's also a CrossFitter. 
her form's yeah. off, but that's CrossFit way is to have your form off. It's just about getting that weight up in a certain time. Right. So that doesn't always land to lead to basically proper training, but she's out there crushing it, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, so those people always get derided uh, for whatever reason. I mean, the last thing you want is like, oh yes, Jerry Nadler. That's someone I physically think is imposing. What is that? It's like, it's like a weeble. Uh, dude. It's yeah. It's, it's basically ties, t- a tie and a pants. But like no I shirt, <laughs> I just don't. I, I I don't know people's health situations, or I I, and I do sympathize with people that want to change but can't do it. But mm-hmm. when you look at that, how is that? How is that fair to the general public to represent? Like it just it seems so asinine. It's, look, they, they don't care about the general public, especially their their looks, their take on health. I mean, that's why it's not an initiative for anything. You know, it's basically lobbyists for like the dairy or or wheat and all these other things that are supposedly very bad for you. But some reason we've lived thousands of years on these staples. I mean, look, we can look no further than our grandparents or great grandparents who lasted 90 plus years living off of really bad meat and boiled potatoes. Right. Uh, they're just geared differently because theirs was a physical life. Do you think Putin, when he does his like shirtless fishing or riding horseback, do you think Which that I, is his tongue in cheek? Do you think that's kind of his middle figure to our no, leaders I, or other I, world I, leaders, I, or is that just him? I think that's a Russian male thing. And I'm, I, you know what, man, it's like, yeah, it's, I'm all about it. I think it's, I, I think it's, is it a, yeah, it's like, look at me. I'm the leader of this very powerful country, but guess what? I'm a physical beast. I'm sexual. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, he, listen, he's highly lauded in this country. He might be a tough, tough customer, but he's KGB and you know, you know how they work, but physically, He's imposing. And, you know, that's just, I think that's part of like the branding of, of Russia. Yep. Mother you know? Russia. Yeah. Listen, if they, the Serbians would do themselves a good favor by getting some of those big Serbian bear wrestlers in, the, in the leading the party. I mean, maybe like an just, actual bear. Maybe an actual bear. I, you might do a better job. <laughs> um, and just uh, that's the thing is like a lot of these leaders have gone from being these kind of like representative or they hope to represent the country. Like, why don't the, and I'll say this why Germany has an East German woman who is, you know, that's a short kind of dumpy. She doesn't really reflect the health of Germans. Right. Um, like, where's the, I'm not saying you need a six foot tall blonde. I mean, that, that would, that would probably shake too many people's cages, but I'm just saying, um, yeah, it's, it's so it's funny. Look at, look at Boris Johnson in the UK. His hair's a mess. He's out of shape. He's overweight. And you go, well, who in the world is picking these people? So, but basically, I mean, when the population at most, we have a, I mean, this is the most out of shape this country's ever been. So when you have that, why would they want their leaders to be in shape? They don't have, they don't make, that's the thing. We don't demand anything of our leaders because quite honestly, we don't demand too much of ourselves. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I just read today, um, I want to talk about this before we go into talking about the mighty Boston Red Sox, the grinders of the National Baseball League. God, the the hammerhead sharks of the ocean just eating all the frill and all the crap of the ocean floor. That's right. So there's a thing that, so Virginia, the state of Virginia has basically decided they're going to rid all accelerated math classes up to 11th grade because they want equality, because they feel that people in accelerated or magnet classes in math have a a, higher a standard advantage, a, a, yeah well a certain advantage to those who are can't figure out those classes like um, you know i mean algebra is tough and like and listen you and i both know in this world 
other than basic algebra math subtraction that thing and whatever excel can do or do for us unless you're an engineer or something of that nature math you know chaos theory string theory parabolas you don't need any of that crap no but but the fact is there's gonna be there are a lot of kids who want to be scientists they want to be right. astrophysicists they want to be engineers. we need them to be these people yeah and they needed to start math at like fifth grade like started learning like that's what i need to apply myself to because life numbers don't lie so what they're basically doing is they're, they're it's like you want to level the playing field because what's going to happen now is now you've taken that away and any students you're basically i mean listen they do all they can to deflate us as adults. Now you're going to take away the dreams and ambitions of children because other certain children don't have either the parenting, parenting skills, they don't have the desire, or they, or they really the interest in math. I really wasn't a math guy in school. I was more about English writing and, and creative writing. That was my forte. Science and math, I did enough to get through. But there are kids who are accelerated who want to do that. So basically, it's like for a country that used to it, it just shows Virginia for some reason. I mean, the Commonwealth, Virginia, I'm from there. So this stuff is just every day, it just ticks away at my feeling about my home state. And to sit there and lower standards for these kids, these kids is, is uh, it's astonishing to me. It's like, you know, yep. it's like you don't virtual signal away children's ambitions and dreams. And quite honestly, one day there's going to be a bridge that falters because guess what? Some politician in 2021 in Virginia decided that this didn't need to exist. And the kid got the numbers wrong. Yeah. So, cause yeah, because you know what, you're going to go from addition and multiplication and subtraction uh, in 11th grade to basically calculus and everything else in 12th grade. That's the jump you're going to make. Please give me a break. So stupid. You know, MIT is just going to lose a ton of enrollment because quite honestly, that's the thing too, dude, is like a lot of colleges when you're applying for them, they start looking at your stuff in sophomore year in high school. That's where we're at. Oh, 100%. You know, obviously if you're, you know, you know, there's certain parameters that they will overlook your grades in order to get them in because they have stat, they have quotas to get. But to sit, sit there and think, man, like, so like, Kids are going to miss opportunities. It's kind of like the whole thing. It's like Title IX now with all these like states saying that, yes, that uh, men who now, uh, you know, that, that trans can now compete in women's sports. I'm like, you've just taken away a lot of opportunities for women to win scholarships, to start, to be all-stars, to be, you know, all-state because you decided that, well, instead of just creating a third tier, why not? Men's sports, women's sports, and trans sports. That's so much easier. Yeah, I think but they don't can, want to do it because right. it's a it's a political football, no pun intended, to use that to make things. So, the, I I laugh when people like Megan Rapino from the you know she's always a yeah a talking piece bullhorn yeah from the yeah. women's soccer teams. I'm listening the, the U.S. women's soccer team. God bless them. But ever since Abby Wambach retired, man, they've just they might win, but they, they ain't got that. They were way too woke. Yeah, that's that spirit is gone. I remember Brandy Chastain would be a hand like going topless after penalty kicks. Oh, like, yeah, that's when just, I was like full. I was fully engrossed yeah. in U.S. soccer. But so like Rapino gets behind this whole trans thing. I'm like, you know, Megan, darling, if this was the case when you were coming up, you would never. You, you would not would, be here. You would not be on that bench. You would be back in North Carolina, wondering why you didn't get onto the national team. Right. Oh, wondering yes, why Alexi Lawless took your spot on your team. Yeah, because Ben took your spot on the left wing. I so, just, anyway. the whole thing for me, like, I, not to, again, discredit those, the trans community, but 
scientifically, it doesn't make sense why they're allowed to compete or vice versa. Like you have stuff now where they, I mean, Joe Rogan talks about it, but it's common. Wait till you, there's a, a female or male it th- identifies as a woman that wants to fight someone like Holly Holm or Misha Tate in the cage. And well, we've already seen beating that. up a woman. It, we've right. Already seen, we, we were seeing that and he broke that, broke the woman's jaw and like, right. In that little amateur fra- thing. Fractured, yeah. yeah. Fractured. Skull. So we're okay with that. Well, at this point, why don't we just not hide it anymore? Why don't we just have a man with, with women bout? You know, why can't it be like, you know, remember when Billie Jean King played uh, what's his name in the 70s for the male versus female? Like, yeah, being chauvinistic, Bobby, I can't remember his name. Anyway, so and, and Billie Jean beat him. You're not going to happen in the, it's not going to happen in MMA or UFC or boxing, but you know, uh, like Serena this, Williams might beat some guys though in tennis. <laughs> yeah, but if you put Serena up against someone who's like her, kind of like her yeah. mirror on the male side. The doll or, the doll or something. That ain't right. happening. You know, this, right. this, she's powerful. And, but the thing is, is like the Williams sisters now are, they're getting beat constantly by other women. I mean, right now is like the, uh, the Koreans and the Japanese are coming up strong in female tennis. So they're yep. the ones to watch. Same with female golf. So dude, again, I trans that's, it's, it's just a choice you want to make, whatever. And, but as far as it comes to sports, it's just create a third tier. We can clear this all out and then compete against people that you should be competing against. You shouldn't be competing because guess what? For all the stuff they do, as far as body manipulation, you're not going to be able to change genetics as far as like your speed, quick, quick reflex muscles, things like that. That stays the same. Right. So anyway, so let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the Boston how fun and here's the thing man i i didn't watch them all last year through the core of the pandemic didn't watch because i was just fed up i was pissed off and who cares about sports and i think part of it was because i like watching sports with other people in the crowd because mm-hmm. the people get hit with a baseball energy, falling energy. running it, it's part of the atmosphere right <laughs> guy friend that fell from the upper tier yeah, yeah. Yeah, fly ball to the tits. Like I'm, mm-hmm. all, I'm here for that. Like falling over yeah. the green monster, and I think that was part of why. We, but there's something else too. It just seemed the players and were just out of it, like for obvious reasons. But this year, man, it's the first time I watched a couple of preseason games. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give him a chance. Alex Cora is back. I think he's a great manager. Um, say what you will about whatever, uh, but he's a great manager. Obviously, he wins. Um, and the JD Martinez and some of the core staff, you got Chris Sale coming back. You got these this little small group of veterans. You don't do you no longer have the baggage of Pedroia playing hurt to mm-hmm. fulfill a longer legacy. Um, so yeah. he gracefully bowed out. And these young kids, man, it's just super fun. It's scrappy. It's like yeah. it's like growing up when I remember watching with Manny Ramirez the first time. Like this is like a fun team to watch every at bat. You know, I think with me, massive Red Sox fan is um, the Red Sox have this thing. They have this kind of running history ever since they won in 2004. It's like they have a banner year, and then the next year they falter for whatever reason. Obviously, they faltered because we lost Mookie. Mookie, they didn't they didn't move on Mookie the way they should have. The, the owners were, unfortunately, ownership was looking at their new shiny toy in Liverpool, right? Correct. So now that Liverpool's shine gone off, they can refocus back on, on the Red Sox. And I think that... Um, with Mookie leaving and then, you know, sale constantly being hurt to the point where like, dude, you just going to retire. The always question about Pedroia. I'm so glad he was always there suited up just because he's such a spirit. All right. You'll never take that heart away. You want that. No, and I, I say with some point within the next year or two, he'll probably be the bench coach and he should be, he deserves he's, it. hundred percent. He's a yep. Boston to the core. So I think that, um, so losing Mookie and you realize, okay, ownership's not in on this year. And so like, okay, then like people are playing way below, 
their standards. I mean, but the good thing about that is we can take a bad year and, um, sorry, sorry, I got a weird text. So we can take a bad year, refocus, decide if we're going to, yeah, you're going to lose Mookie. You're going to basically lose the entire outfield, which let me tell you something from 2017 to 2018, there was nothing more superior than oh. that outfield. Ben Attendee, oh, JBJ, and Mookie. Just the after-game ceremonies of the skiing, the dancing, oh. the, the paparazzi. And I love the other kid who was part of it, too. The this kind of the utility guy. What was his name? Uh, God, he was wonderful. He did the one where you do – he was the guy that created the shake. Whenever they get like a double, they shake his groin what towards was the his dugout. Name? Great, great role player. Great. Yeah, role player. And that's – you know, the Sox always had a great – I mean, whether it's him or um, – not Napoli, but Johnny Gomes, just these great utility guys, right? Johnny Gomes. Uh... Yeah. But, I mean, so you sit there. So this is going to take a long discussion because it's the Red Sox and there's a certain dynamic to the Red Sox. And so we sat there and you and I both said, okay, 2020 is a scrap. It's, it's 19 to is 19 garbage, 20 garbage. Um, but you go, okay, they've got to recalibrate at some point because they are the other Red Sox, they got were able to get below the luxury tax because quite honestly, they hadn't been spending, they've been selling and they were bringing up just, you know, homegrown players. And that's what I hope they do again, where they basically, they were always so known for being a farm team. Like we're homegrown players. That's who we are. And uh, Ortiz kind of changed that and Manny changed that. It's coming in as like high, high, highly right. traded players. Then you like sprinkle German. with like the Mike Lowell's, the veterans that kind of come in for their yeah, last year. Yeah, they kind of grind right. stuff, ground stuff down. But then they, you look at this team this year and even preseason, man, I was like, going, okay, they're, they're mid, they're going to be mid level. They're, they're not going to finish last. But I'm looking at these names going, who are these people? I mean, I, I'm right. like, okay, when I look at this game, I go, okay, Bogarts is kind of the team captain and he's finally grown up. And then, I'm thinking, well, Devers is cool, but he's kind of this weird erratic kid who can basically swing it, you know, knock a Chapman fastball over the seats, but then strike out seven times in a row. Like Willie Bolpedia. And then Martinez health always seems to be kind of weird. Uh, And him playing as a a full-time, for the most part, or at least an 80% outfielder is a little weird because he's just a big lumbering guy. He's a classic DH, right? Yes. Um, Deliver singles and delivery blasts. So, and then I'm looking at the starting rotation. I'm going Rodriguez and Sale. And Sale is just, again, I sometimes feel he's beyond shelf life, but that'll come back. He'll come back. But, but then I'm watching the games go on. Okay. I'm like, okay, they're starting out kind of slow. And then they get, they lost the, the first three, didn't they? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. They had the home state. Then they won nine in a row. Right. Yeah. And then they won nine in a row. And I'm thinking, who the fuck's this team? Oh, my God. This team's, a, you met, you did, you nailed it last week. You said this is 2003. Yeah. I mean, listen, let's be honest. They're not going to win it this year. They're not going to go, but that's what they're going to do. They're going to set themselves up nicely for next year because other players are going to go, Socks are back. I want on that squad. Or Corey's going to figure out who's doing what. He'll be right. very smart about what they do. And I think he has a clause where he does, he's he's the guy. He will. Well, I, I think he's like Belichick, right? Where he get kind of, yeah. hey, this player could negatively affect this. Who am I giving up to bring in a player that? Yeah. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. I, I think that, I think that, I really think – I don't know if Matt Barnes is the closer they want for the future. I think he'll get him through this year. I think middle relief last night lost it for them. Uh, opening pitch – starting pitcher gave up two runs in six innings. He was on fire. And then what happens, manager, even Cora, overthinks it, decides he's going to bring in the bullpen, and then they screw the pooch, right? And so Classic. you said you go, okay, they've lost two in a row. That's going to happen. Don't look at this. This is like trying to watch the Red Sox right now. is like watching a Dogecoin. It's up to 30. Now it's back at 19. 
shit you know it's right just like, oh 42 again right oh, yeah 30. now you got to be with a roller coaster that is the red Sox, and that's why we love them because they're like the cub well they're far beyond the cubs the cubs are the cubs are the cubs but the red Sox always seem to be right there but the yankees the, right now the, the okay <laughs> next the yankees the what Astros. did they spend the last couple of years? These teams. I, I, their marquee is basically it's a player card dream team, right? If there's people in the crowd buying jerseys. And then Judge and yeah, right. and all these guys, right? They're and they're still selling jerseys. The Yankees, it's they're still the you know, as far as baseball franchises, they're obviously the richest. Yeah, they're, they're, like, it's iconic. they're right. iconic. Listen, I'm never gonna right. I'll always the Yankees. I'll always be because my dad was a massive Mickey Mantle fan, and so I'll always yeah. be. My dad was on the. My dad was like part of like the like under a ball farm team for the Yankees when he was when he was living in Staten. Oh wow. Part of Staten, yeah. So like before he said, yeah, I'm not going to get anywhere with my baseball career. I'm 18. I'm going to go in the Navy. Good. <coughs> Wise choice, Pop. Wise choice. And um, yeah, because he could have been working in the paints department. And uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with paint. Anywho, I, I love yeah. paint. Yeah, I love paint. Snuffing it. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, dude. So to watch the Yankees right now, just be where they're at, and I mean, obviously they're they're. It's delightful. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. Because I have some great friends that love the Yankees. They swear by them. Of course, now I see some of their allegiances go, go, going over to the Mets. I'm like, just because the Mets are a little hot or whatever. But it's so funny to talk about that. And then the Astros, the Astros, listen, I'm a Texas guy. I'm glad for the Astros, but I just don't like some of their players. You got to be quite honest. I'm not a big fan. And I don't think they should have gone. They should have done everything in the world to hang on to George Springer. Correct. Yeah, but I cannot stand what's Berkman, the third baseman. Arrogant little. He's like that Josh Donaldson guy from the Blue Jays, man. Arrogant little prickery. I think he's with the Royals now. Yeah. Oh my God. So dude, but I have to laugh. We'll come back to the Red Sox. Cause I definitely want your take since you're a Boston guy is that I love the fact now that the media is doing all they can to pump up this Los Angeles, San Diego rivalry. There's no rivalry. There's dude. no rivalry. There's none. It, there's their no, state side. Just, you know, there's a rivalry between, if you're going to do a state rivalry, it's the giants and the Dodgers. Yes. You know? Yeah. Or the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks or whoever, not the Padres. The Padres are on a good little run. They're not going to, you know, it's Manny Machado for fuck's sake. That's like their marquee guy. And you know, that guy chokes it on the fucking ninth. Oh, for, he, has he played a full night? Yeah. Has he been in the it's, playoffs lately? Uh, yeah. Remember he was, he was the last strikeout for, uh, yeah. for Chris Sale in, uh, in the world. Yeah. Series. <laughs> the Dodgers when he thought he'd be, he was so cool. bad. Don't, I, never go into the ninth anywhere in cornrows, brother. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but that was what was funny. I was Sunday. We did a podcast last week with Chad Gray from Hell Yeah and Mudvayne, and he's him and his wife are massive Dodgers fans. And, and they're like, hey, do you want Joe Kelly black? I'm like, no, you can keep him. But when Joe Kelly was a Red Sox, he mowed you guys down. Oh, dude, now he you, was a stud. It's crazy now, how now you're players. Getting, now you're getting the old Cardinals Joe Kelly. There you go. Joe Have Kelly had those that. cool glasses too, didn't he? Oh, dude, he's, dude he is basically. He was scary. Oh, dude, yeah, I, dude, let me tell you, like, he's like one of those guys in Fight Club, the little skinny guys that are made of wood. Yep. He's like, yeah, he'll just like, and he'll talk, He'll if he fucking uses some chin music, he will talk shit on you. Oh, 100%. Come and get the, it. Yeah, Come you could YouTube get, videos of him talking back to the ups, to players, to his well, own because I imagine, I can imagine, he's remember, he'd be like Coco Crisp. Remember Coco? Yes. Yep. I kind of got a feeling he wants to tie you because he's been really working on that left-right combo. Yeah, <laughs> he just wants to show the world. 
everyone wants to be Nolan Ryan, man. Very few are. Grab yeah. Bob Ventura, put him in a headlock, and just knuckle him. What year? I think it was an anniversary where Nolan Ryan took a ball off the face. He kept pitching. It was like this a really cool picture where he got like a yeah. I think he was with his face Astro. and stitches. Yeah, it was with the Astros. It was. But they don't make players like that anymore, unless you're a hockey player. All these NBA guys do, and some of these other like where are the guys yeah. who put pine tar on with. The last guy I saw, yeah, right. The, the, yeah, where are the pine tar guys? I mean, that's the thing. It's like that kind of era of baseball. Trot Nixon. Give me Trot Nixon. Give me Trot Nixon. Any yeah. day of the week. Yeah, yeah. And Muller. Give me give me Billy Muller, man. Troy O'Leary. I just love those old guys, man. Oh, dude, I love them, man. There's the scrappy guys just happy to be making their 500000 Gabe Kapler. Just... Never buying another drink in Boston. They're never buying. Like, I talked to Millar. Last time I talked to him, I was like, man, you ever buy a steak? And, and he goes like, dude, I haven't bought meals in there since I got to the socks. He, uh, a couple of years ago, I was in, with Nickelback in uh, Austin at the Grand Prix track. And yeah, he yeah. was he, the manager of Nickelback at the time. He brought Kevin Blarney, who's a neighbor, mm-hmm. and talking to him and stuff. And even then, people, like local people, were like, oh, my God, man, I, that's the Boston legend. And Kevin's just like, cowboy yeah. up, baby. What I love about Kevin is that Kevin tends to forget. And the first time I met him, I had a, you know, I was like, what happened, dude? Is like, I moved to Austin and uh, friends of mine were, had just gotten the real estate business and they started selling houses, like, you know, really expensive houses. A lot of major league players started moving to Austin. Lackey and all those guys all moved there. Uh, Bronson Arroyo, all those cats. So, um, Lackey. Yeah, I know, right? Boy, Lackey in 2013. Good God. Nails. Anyway, just yeah. a God. Uh, yeah. So anyway, no one, no one is God like his fucking old, uh, old uh, Kurt. Uh, oh, bloody sock, baby. Bloody sock, baby. So it's anyway, so, so uh, the doorbell rings that we're going to have a little party, right? At this guy's friend of my house. And he goes, why don't you go ahead? Okay, dude, can you answer the door? Answer the door. It's Malar and his wife. I was like, you guys at the wrong house? Like, he goes, no, man. What's going on? Hey, I said, he goes, I'm, I'm Kevin. I'm like, yeah, I know, dude. I'm Justin. And I introduced his wife. I can't remember her name. She's wonderful. Yeah. And uh, we're just talking. I started getting a little drunk. He was getting drunk. And we're just out in the back talking about like what it would be like. To, I mean, I, th- I think her conversation for like an hour was like, what would it be like to fly a Cessna into a cliff? Just straight random stuff, dude. He's telling all these great Rodriguez stories, Alex Rodriguez stories and stuff. But I said, man, I said, Kev, I said, let me do, dude. Without your fucking walk, we ain't winning no series. We ain't getting out of that Yankee series. Your walk. I love that. What, what Dave, what got Dave Roberts to foul second, tips. Oh, yeah. God, just man. worked him over, man. And so it was like great having that. Cause you could see the spark is like, you know, cause it's, he's over it now, obviously with he's known more now for obviously unintentional talk um, or intentional talk than, uh, than really almost as playing does. It feels like, Cause I really wish he would have retired a Yankee instead of going over to, I mean, a Reds. Oh my God. I should have, right. I'm thinking of Johnny Damon. I should have, uh, he should have basically just retired. I mean, I know, I know he had time in him. So why not go to the Orioles or blue Jays or whatever? But I was like, man, I, right. you know what, where you made your biggest, you know, mark on the world, dude, you could have stayed there and been commentary from, from here into the rest of your life. But um, that's my Millar story, but yeah, Millar's he's a big rock fan, man. We went to go see Godsmack and stay and play it. But remember in Belton, there's that Belton, Looks like yep. a big tinfoil building. We yep. went there, and, and then I think the next day Sully stayed in town, and and they stayed at Kevin's house, and uh, they were all hosting, co-hosting intentional uh, uh, talk that next day. 
Love it. Love it because Kevin's studio is up and above his garage. He doesn't go into any studio. He built it up in his garage. Up in That's his, smart. Above his I gotta check his thing out. Yeah, dude. His you go into like the memorabilia room, and most of it's other play, players. It's just like, oh my god, how? Do you, I, I, it's stupid to go. How did you get this? And I'm like, I know how you got it, but I'm like, I can't believe you have this. It's like, how do you have uh, Soriano's actual arm? Like, how did you get this? <laughs> Rivera's like false fingertips. Where did you get those? I love that Red Sox. How about that fight with Pedro through Dodd Zimmer on the ground and Baratek fought A Rod? I just love how that we just. Dude, uh, I, the fact that he threw, and everyone's like, poor Zimmer, poor Zimmer. I'm like, Zimmer was coming at him. It's a protective maneuver. He could have decked him, but he just threw him down. And then Zimmer, like, I'm like, he got the broad, like off-Broadway acting skill, like basically needing help of being woozy. No, dude, let me tell you something. I know Veritek kind of pushed out a little bit by keeping his mask on, but when he gloved Rodriguez in the face. Oh. And then the mem after that, or meme, or however you say it, later on when uh, Arroyo's going to tag out uh, Rodriguez and he slaps the ball over, he's got a purse in his hand. <laughs> That's that's a rivalry. That is a, a sports that, rivalry. There, there is no rivalry. I don't care how they, they – there is no rivalry like that. Let me tell you something. Back in the day, not even the Redskins and the Cowboys could touch it because the, the Yankees-Red Sox goes back to 1910, 1920. Right. And I, yeah, think, so. I think it's best for the league in sports and oh, pop culture God. in general with both those it's teams. Bar- one it's two. Barcelona. Yeah, it's Barcelona-Real right. Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, – yeah, dude. But so, yeah, the fact that they're playing out of their skin right now, I'm glad. I mean, they're going to come to earth. And if they can get a wild card spot, I'd be over the moon. Even if they don't go beyond a wild card one-off. No, but it builds up for the young players to, hey, we dude, can make the playoffs. Core, yeah, what core could do with these people, these mental – I'm sure his mental toughness is basically Ted Lasso. <laughs> he is Ted Lasso, dude. Maybe the most underrated show of the last decade. Dude, I got more friends calling me. Dude, have you seen Watch Tila? I'm like, yeah. Watch this season two going yet? Let's talk. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So that's good. But um, yeah. So, dude, I want to talk about what you've been doing with Spear Talk, man. That merch drop was crazy. Yeah, it's dude. And listen, so dude, congratulations, A, for getting to the what what episode are you on right now? 48 launched last night. Four. So you're near you're near the half century mark. Congratulations on that. Your subscribers like eyeballing eight thousand. Yeah, got just uh so many 8, views and hits a week. You got incredible. I mean, so good when you can get repeat guests like Donnie Dust and Barry because there's more to talk about. Yeah, and the reception last night, man, was just kind of blown away because you had people on both fields. And mm-hmm. we leading up to it, we were very Donnie when he was in the military and stuff. Actually, grew up. He loved Shine Down. So when I approached him, say, "Hey, I bring Barry on." Uh, we want to talk survival. He's like, John, whatever you want to do, like this thing is because I love the band, but I love the idea that you guys are about survival. And if we could educate one person, uh, we could do that. And so it launched and the messages I've been getting all day are like, man, this is so cool. Like that you guys should plan a group camping trip or thank you. I didn't know about this type of thing, or I got to start doing this with my kids. And the overall goal is just to put knowledge, cut knowledge out there, whether you take it in or not, have some laughs, tell some stories, um, do I, I interviewed, um, with, I don't want to say it because I, uh, I'll say it here. Cause I don't know if there's a lot of overlap, but like, dude, I interviewed William Sanderson yesterday, the actor from Blade Runner. Oh, and, really? Dude. And okay. he hasn't, he hasn't done a lot of press in a couple of years. He has a new book out, which I recommend. Um, 
but the stories he had about Robert Mitchum sneaking into Graceland, his military career, Tommy Lee Jones, all this stuff, man. And it's only an hour and a half. And he gets after it. And I talked to his wife and she's just like, like, thank you for this job because he was afraid when the pandemic hit and his book hit, like no one wanted to talk to him. Now he's retired. Uh, but for giving him this platform, I go, listen, I reached out because I, I resonate. I want to talk about the Rocketeer and Blade Runner and these characters from Deadwood that I resonated with and why. But to hear about these other stories and how he opened up and showed stories and talked about his military career. Dude, he, he did research on me. He asked me about uh, my college, the security company, stuff I do, why I started the podcast. Like, So I'm just like, dude, this is this is the heart and soul of Blade Runner right here asking me, yeah, so why'd you start the podcast, John? Or, oh, I, I didn't know your CEO was a Marine. I was in the Army. And he talks about how he's a 5'8", skinny, nervous kid. And I'm just like, dude, this is the, this is why I do this show. Because these yeah. people could be a different... I'm not asking him. Of course, we talked about Deadwood and the closure he got with the movie and his resentment towards how his scenes were cut in the last movie. But I'm, asked, I'm talking about life and different jo- stories and stuff. And, dude, it was... I have so many cool, awesome guests. You're coming on. Uh, I, I, I'm just getting people reaching out left and right, say, hey, I got a new book coming. Let's jump on. So it's, I'm truly blessed. Dude, I love the fact that he he, he researched you. And I, I always oh. find it fascinating when they're so vested. And let me ask you, so you get someone like William on there and you've had some incredible, like Vernon Wells and all this. Do, they, do you sense they mind talking about, I wouldn't say their glory days per se. Do you think they mind it or do they want to talk about stuff they're working on now? Um, I do you, think. Are you, are you, are you, do you feel that you're able, that there's enough of a mix where you can talk about what got them here? And then. Yeah. So I think I never assume, I reach out to these guests because I know who they are. I could probably tell you where these actors were born from, all their major stuff they've done, whether it's sports, whatever. But I have to assume the general audience knows 20% of what I know just as kind of like a buffer. So mm-hmm. I always ask a leading question that kind of talks about uh, the career, where they were born, how they got into what, like whether military to acting or whatever it was just to kind of paint the picture. And then the questions I know they're always asked, like for Vernon Wells, I know I want to talk about commando because I, I love Bennett. I want to mm-hmm. talk about Wes from road warrior two. Cause I love that movie. I want to talk about weird science, but I can ask the questions that are different questions that I know he's used to ask and I'll still get the answer I'm looking for in the sense where he can still be himself. Yeah. Talk about the coolest stories. Cause these guys love talking about the stuff, especially if there's a fan, I'm not just a journalist talking because I have a deadline. I want to talk to these guys about the nitty gritty and they, they're all doing stuff currently. I'll talk about, Hey, how's your new book going? Let's talk about that video game, Vernon uh, you're doing or Robert Clotworthy, they tell me about Starcraft or tell me about the everything that's going on now. That way you kind of bring it all together. Uh, but they must think it's kind of crazy and cool though, to like, hey man, there's this guy su- who's super educated on what we do in our history and whatever, seen all our stuff, but he's like Secret Service. You got that must be completely different to me. Yeah, there's, some there's sort been of a fanboy couple of- from like it's like you come from the Comic-Con world, you come from this absolutely professional hard-nosed kind right. of world where they usually play these people in movies or tv yeah, shows you, they feel like they're talking to someone that they should have researched to do well, a character right what the one of them i really love was eric stolansky rabbit from super troopers obviously yeah. we're friends and i'm asking him the question i want to ask whatever but then he ends it with starting asking me questions it was the first time i was kind of like you know what maybe this isn't just about me asking this person this could be an open forum for them to ask me questions about mm-hmm. law enforcement with everything being defunded right now or my mental health, why I did what I did. And so it's just, it's just an hour or whatever, just shoot the shit and just 
open communication and talk. Well, let me ask you then what's, what's spurned the merch uh, for the show? Cause that's kind of a, I mean, listen, it's a ballsy move. Cause there's a lot of, we both know people that podcast who are sitting at the 50,000 range yep. and they don't have the gumption to do that. What made you decide to do that? Um, because in my head, I, I have goals every day, every week, every month, 10 years from now in my head, I know where this channel is going to be. And when mm -hmm. I get to that point, I know next 10 years where I want it to be. Um, if I'm still alive or living on earth. Um, so <laughs> as opposed so to Mars, I, I also, you and I laugh about this cause you run the social media for uh, silver spirit security, which astronomically is insane what you've done, but people will always say, well, you can't post these hours. You can't do this. And you've done it where, you know what? I can do what I want. If there's content, if it's powerful, yeah. I can make this work. And I took that mindset and said, you know what? I don't care if I had one supporter. I can still put my merch out. I can still do what I want to do because it's my, it's what I do and how I believe in. And since I started this from zero to whatever, where we are now, it's been a full year. I've got these amazing followers and supporters of the, the show. They support me when I go to other podcasts. And you know what? I thought, you know what? I'm not going to I, – I, this is my game I'm playing. If you want to play it, you play by my rules or you're going to be catching up because I don't care about – what some podcasts are doing because they don't they have a hundred million followers and they have one t-shirt i'm not that podcast so yeah. be it i'm in my own lane but let me tell you what it, it, as each day passes my lanes get bigger and bigger so either work with me or you're gonna get steamrolled that's it's funny you, you you sound like so years ago rob zombie was asked about what's he think about other music or modern music or he goes i don't think about it. i guess i live in this triangle of like i i tunnel vision it's about what I want to do, what I'm into, what I'm doing. I could care less with anyone else doing it. Because if I'm out of favor of people, I don't give a shit because this is what I do. And so that, dude, that's great. It's great to have that vision where like at some point, folks, you're going to have to play catch up with me. Yeah, I don't. And I, 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 right. And it's funny. You mentioned that the, so I just had a discussion about social media and people are talk about scheduling. And I'm like, I don't really schedule. I schedule a certain video. Uh, Monday mornings to go, but that's about it. Yeah, that's stuff. Yeah, I right. would never get hired by a serious quote unquote media people because I, I post when I feel like it. I post if something pertinent comes up. I don't think there's anything worse than social media is about kind of like supposed to be somewhat momentary. I understand there's certain things like, hey, you know what? We're going to be having, uh, remember the two for one sale. So make sure that goes on our IG on Wednesday when it drops. I get that. But most of the stuff I work on is not that. It's basically like, Hey, this is a cool photo. I think I'm going to put it up and put a caption to it and hashtag but it. And that's it'll, the it'll, beauty of doing the play the game you want to play. That's and that's and that's the thing. It's like, well, because people all these parameters like, okay, 15 posts a week, seven stories, three reels. I'm going, I do 15 posts in like two days, just because. A, uh, sometimes you're like you're you 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 know you might have all the same eyes, but only. 50 people like one thing, but 300 people like this one for whatever reason, whether I hashtag right. it different or whatever. So I'm like you, man. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go and keep doing this until it just doesn't work anymore. Well, and the then thing, maybe I'll play by the rules. Right. The, the, the crazy thing too, those people have these, these rules in place. That's good for what, if they want to do, I don't, I'm not, I don't want their, I don't, I'm not playing their game. I'm playing my own game. And honestly, man, some of these people can realize Spirit Talk is going to become the news. I'm already bigger than half these small town publications when bands come through for, for interviews. Yeah, I, I, 
I have a bigger platform. A lot of these people are plagued by these stupid rules that tell you what you should do. Oh, use this hashtag or don't talk about this or you should cut this out. You know what? I, if it's real, it's authentic. If I or you believe in what we're doing, you're undefeated. And so I don't need, I don't need a million people to be like, oh, I love Spear Talk. Give me the 8,000 to do and we're going to fucking kick ass up and down Dude, the street. Dude, it's like someone walking in. I can imagine what your mentality is kind of like, let's say you're Ronnie Van Zandt. From Ledger Skinner. Yeah. Guy from MZA comes in the suit from New York. Uh, I like that song Freebird, but you should really cut it down to three minutes and 30 seconds for radio. And Ronnie looking at him and going, Get the fuck out of It's going to be 14 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> right. And people are going to fucking love it. And get the fuck out of here. And obviously it turns around and becomes <laughs> iconic because what happens is these people who are schooled or trained, it's so funny. So school or trained, they feel they know better. It's so funny. So yesterday I'm, I'm, I had to go to a warehouse and wait on these ice guys to fill some ice for this, our container. And the guy next to me owns the warehouse unit we're in. So it's like four or five units. And I said, what's going on, man? How much? He goes, Hey, you want me to use a forklift and lift up the ice machine? I said, no, nah, man. And he, we talked for a little bit and, and I walk in where he was at and I said, um, I said, tell me about this forklift. He goes, you want to drive it? I'm like, yeah. Cause I've been like thinking like I need to, I want to go get certified to do a forklift. That's a good cert to have, man festivals and all kinds of stuff yep. it's i just like it's cool it's i love big mechanical like they're like fucking it's like a transformer great murder weapon too great murder weapon <laughs> the best anyway so um i go in there and he shows me like the controls it's like he gives me like a minute like and he goes hop on i want you to go lift some stuff i'm like hell yeah so we got done doing that so i kind of learned basic so i feel if i do go to a course to get certified um right. kind of have an uh, operational understanding of it so um we, we were talking and he goes, we're talking about like, like the, the, he's got a boat there too. And the guys next door to him are like fabricators. So they're making like a new top for it. He goes, yeah, man, I don't understand these people who don't want to, who will kind of look down upon blue collar work. I said, dude, when you get, no one's looking down on you when you're making 65 bucks an hour. I said, you know, he goes, yeah, he goes, I don't understand these people like try to put down like kind of labor like that when they're the ones that are sitting in cubicles and their penny loafers just rotting away, like they're in a slave labor camp, you know, like breaking bricks or breaking yeah. rocks on the side of the road which you basically are because that's what I always love about blue collar work is like you know exactly what you got to accomplish in those eight hours dude you go to an office i worked on all stuff and sent it out there i don't know if i did anything today right but you know it's just like that mentality that's why it's like the thing is like if you have kids and they're not going to be a lawyer a doctor an architect or scientist you send them to trade school and they'll be like fixing ferraris in 10 years and making Right. Buku, you know, right. so um, that goes back to talking about uh, the, the ideals of certain people who think that like, well, you know, I learned in class, you do this. And you're like, dude, until you apply it in the real world, it doesn't fucking the, matter. Uh, so the other day, like I love the band X Ambassadors, um, the song Renegades when it came out a couple mm -hmm. years ago. And uh, there's a couple of lines in there where it's like talking about the, the Kubrick. He says the line and the Kubricks. And then that always resonated with me because the, Stanley Kubrick was such a visionary at his time. And people are saying, you can't do this, can't do that. Well, motherfucker, he did it. And now look at him. And so mm -hmm. using that's every time I hear that song, or if I, if I feel like I'm kind of down on myself, not in a bad way, but I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe these people are right. I play that. And I'm just like, you know what, man, I can, I am what I want to be or I, no one else is going to tell me that no one, if we're in the day and age now, or if you want to do something, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to go to space. You can go to space. You can go to Mars. Yeah. You can make wings. You can fly around. You can. So if I, my goals, my dreams, I'm going to do that. 
Mm-hmm. And what for Spirit Talk to be where it's at now with the the support and the people and the trust and the belief in me, like for me, it's great. And here's the thing when people buy merch, I handwrite every thank you note. Yeah. I had stickers. Man, I just got I just brought uh tape, packing tape that's uh artwork actually on the outside says Spirit Talk. So the branding is I'm just like I'm yeah, just gonna get yeah, back dude. and make this that's what, really something that's, different, dude. That's the thing. It's like you know what? I will take less on the back end if I make an experience for people, and Correct. that's why when people go, they talk about like like why we loved albums back in the day. It's like you know you, when we get to get like to CDs, it's just like music and a really bad like liner notes and this really small right. thing and you train your eyes. But albums, man, like kiss albums, get an album, spend three ninety nine. Not only you get a poster. You get like stickers, you get yeah. like this order catalog if you want other shit. I'm going, it became an experience, man. So you to do that and make it an experience for people. And that just shows one, the care. Yeah, and I love it, man. Because like- I, I know all these people. Because here's the other thing too. The onset of COVID, I would do these Saturday night drunk drinking parties, dress up, costumes, oh, I, karaoke. Oh, I remember the drinking parties and, at night when you but just But like, go dude, on, yeah. I still get messages from people. Hey, could you do this again? I had a bad week. My father died or I've been, I was super depressed. But when I found your page, you actually, you're funny and you care and you're some of your late nights, Saturday nights really helped me for the week and during the pandemic. And it's like, I did that stuff for me because one, it's funny. I can just hang out with people. And I, obviously everything was shut down, mm-hmm. but there's something to just being a real authentic person that wears your heart on your sleeve. I don't think anyone could ever take that away from you. No, dude, listen, it's, it's. Listen, uh, so, okay, yesterday, it's being authentic. What's happened now is we've created a world so false and phony that authenticity is where it's yes. at. Yep. So I was talking to this young girl yesterday, a fr- friend who's a lawyer. She's taking on this project. This girl's a pop, you know, wants to be a pop star. She's got a pretty decent following right now. She's got some yep. write-ups in Hype Magazine. Young, uh, young girl out of California, um, kind of surfer-looking girl. And they were like, hey, Justin, do you think you could help her out with her, like, her like social media thing and getting it structured and stuff like that. I'm going, you picked the wrong person to create structure, but I'll tell you what, I can help her create a vibe. So we talked for a little bit on the phone and it was so funny. Cause I said, look, I said, I like what you got on Instagram right now. It's a little all over the place. I think it's a little too family oriented for a business type page. I said, you, your parents and stuff and then there, that's great, but show that on your Facebook or, or some other place. Right. So unless I said, it I, is your brand, right? Unless that you want, unless you're right. trying to appeal to the Disney Correct. family, no, Which, but you're, you know, right. yeah. So I said, but you know, I said, let's keep create a certain aesthetic. So it was just about that. And now I have to come up with a plan where I actually do schedule things. And this is when you're going to drop your first thing on Monday. So I'm like going, man, for a guy who's so free form. So I ended the call and the girl's like, well, this would be great. And I said, yeah, it's really weird. Cause I'm a metal guy and I don't really adhere to things. And the, my friend, the lawyer, she goes, Justin, you're a music person. I'm like, yeah, but I ain't structured, man. So We'll see how this goes, dude. So, um, yes, but that was the thing I was just trying to relate to her is be authentic. I said, if you're having a bad day, listen, there's enough artists out there that make their fans go, that's unattainable. They like try to live the South Miami beach lifestyle. Like here I am looking out of my yacht over St. Tropez. No, you're not. That's not, your fans don't relate to this girl's like, this girl's like hanging out with her dog and she's got like, you know, she's got like her hair is a gym, you know, her friends can like appreciate that. There's times yep. to have the red carpet photo or the cool video clip, but there's also times when you just got like me and my friends are going bowling that people, I, I can't sing like her, but I can get her vibe. And that's all their fans are looking to do. So yep. if that's what you do and that's who you are presented as such, if you end up not being some pop diva and become just this cool soul singer in a white girl's body, 
that's cool too. Right. So don't put so much pressure on yourself to like become just another person. Right. Especially if you have management and booking people. And well, management tell is you a, tell you how they, they view you. Well, their managers are mom and dad. So it could okay. be interesting. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to say, Hey, look, this is how it is. Fire them we can next just, week. If you're listening to this, this yeah, fire this, them. this can work or it can't work. It can work or not work. And it's really like the parents just want to know they're getting a return on investment. I said, look, I'll charge them nothing. If it means I can help this girl out without the pressure from the, from within the, the you know, the but four walls. What I don't like about that is these parents have no idea how supposed to be to work. So why are they already no. putting that part? Why are they already putting someone like you in that position to make them happy they don't even have they don't even know what they're talking about no it's it, it, yeah, that's a, that's the thing it's just like so hopefully we can we want them to still be there and we want them i mean listen i i understand the idea of stage parents has very rarely ever worked in the history of entertainment where a stage parent worked it just doesn't they you know you got to be someone you got to get people in there who are objective they're not right well, so I yeah remember, these, uh Haley or lizzie hales bob beth used to tour manage and be with them on the road. When you get to that point, you need to do that next level. But yeah, but you know, again, there are outliers who basically, you know, it helps to have, it, it's one thing if your parents like a rock and roll kind of person, you know, kind of like, Hey, I get this, this is do this. And I have friends, I have a good friend who uh, was managing her son's band, but she's been in the rock and roll business for a long time. So it's a different thing. At some point she understands the business. It's not like, well, this sounds cute for the daughter. Let's do this. Right. So dude, we're going to see how it works out. I hope they don't hear this because they'll just go ahead and let me go today. Anyway, uh, so dude, I also want to talk about your show where you talk about mythical creatures. Uh, yeah, so I am starting another podcast uh, under the Spirit Talk banner. It's mm-hmm. me and my friend that used to be the Secret Service with me, um, and we've always had I this love. love. God, I love that. We've always had this love of uh, zo- or zombies, uh, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabra, Mothman, all this mythical uh, garbage that what's aliens, whether it's real or not. Garbage. So. Yeah, we're doing the show, um, and uh, it's just going to be us. Basically, it's going to be set up like we don't know what we're talking about in the sense of what these creatures are or whatever, but it's going to almost be like part history, like re- like uh, talking about the history of the first sighting, like different case study stuff, type stuff, uh, then recent sightings, uh, read some articles, and then just kind of talk about it with our kind of humor and security backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But we're also got some really cool guests. We got some awesome alien guests coming on, uh, cryptozoologists coming on, authors, uh, just different people that we could bring on. That just want to talk about the the like just the the the, the, the sexiness, the attraction of talking about something that you don't know really exists. And I think it'll be kind of it's kind of definitely something really different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's I mean, it's content, man. And uh, if you again, if you believe in what you do, and I don't, there's not a lot of those shows out there. Um, that I'm all about it. Let me ask you. Um, there are two. They're they're obviously always seem to be cut from the same cloth, but they're two different creatures. If they're if such, yes. Who is more realistic or more 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 in the realm of being an actual thing, Yeti or Bigfoot? I would almost have to say Yeti just because yeah. not a lot of human beings have access up there, even airplanes, sounds, like all this. There's not a lot of man-made stuff up in the Himalayas or mm-hmm. all these locales. But I, I never know, man. You would think if this is the year with everyone home, uh, hiking and living outside the woods and gardening, that there would be an influx of like legit sightings. And that never came to be. So yeah, 
I, I, I maybe I, I love the idea of the Bigfoot. I love I, I'm always joyful when I see it and haunted by the the still frame. We all know the 100 yard uh, like he's 100 yards away. Uh, over the, Peterson, the Peterson footage. Yep. But it's always funny to me because it's very it almost feels when he's looking at this way, it's like there's a little slit in the eye area to like make it look like there's a human under there. But I'm like, to what end? What was the if that's the case, then what was this person doing walking around in this gorilla suit in the middle of whatever tundra he was in? I always want to believe that thing. And I'm obviously also a massive fan of the idea of the Loch Ness Monster. I, I, I love Irish or Scottish history. I love that whole part yeah. of the world, yeah. the lore, the cultures. And every time there's like a, a person that talks about what they see with their thick accent and they're just little cottages and on the countryside. It's just there's and even if it's not real, um, which I mean, you could say what you want with the caverns and the, the network of systems. These people are so in love with the fact that they have a lore, that part of the history, right? That's part of Loch Ness. It's like to have that must be so cool. Well, uh, dude, it's like, it's the same as like, if you want to fall in love with movie making and this whole, the Scottish lore thing, there's nothing better than the first 10 minutes of American Wolf in London in the pub. Oh, jeez. The uh, very slaughtered well lamb, right? The slaughtered yeah, lamb. Yeah. They're, they're very well aware that something's out there, but they're not going to tell you in detail what it is. Right. But there's enough uh, imagery in there to realize that there's something yep. going on. So I love the secretive nature of they don't want the outside world to know this thing is going on in their in their village. Right. But dude, I like the idea um, of you guys doing that show, because I pray to God that these things exist in some form or fashion. And the more I, I, I know last week, the big thing was the UFO uh, yes, and, and the release footage, yep. and I, you know, obviously, well, it's an aerial balloon or this and that. Yeah, this, yeah. You know, these are Navy pilots, are not prone to lie about like or like or like you know, create some myth beyond what they see. They're just sending footage because it, it all comes down to the arrogance of man, right? There's nothing else in the yes. universe can exist. There's no such if thing. I didn't see it first. I can't be the. It doesn't exist. Yeah, what makes us think that there there wasn't a strain? We love strains. Why wasn't there a strain of prehistoric man that didn't that not not that they didn't vanish, but why didn't like maybe there was a small strain of this tribe that kept going and like through the centuries? Why can't there be some track? We just not because listen, they're much better at knowing the tundra than we are. Even I'm sure Donnie will tell you that. Like there's some things out there that know wilderness better than I ever will. Oh, I mean, you look at the Amazon. There's they're finding remnants of old civilizations, like buildings and stuff. Where yeah, it's like, so why couldn't there been an outlier that like kind of survived through that and then just kept procreating to the point where you're at 2021 and there's something still out there and it's like the no different the chupacabra right why and listen i've always gone okay i live in new orleans i pray to god there's vampires not some self like it's like some kid who watched lost boys too much in size i'm talking about real actual vampires Just near dark throat dude, rips yeah dude yeah just some kind of like you the know visceralness that, of it well that makes me wonder so this is a good point so the other night down around that area in the quarter and i see there's a lot of homeless population in there but these are vibrant i mean i know they're younger so they should be vibrant but even if you're a 25 year old and you're homeless you're beaten down you're morally bankrupt you're morally not bankrupt you're just morally beaten down you're like I, no one's going to help me here i'm in this thing or they chose that life per se by, by choice and good for them if they want to do that but I look at some of them going, man, they're so vibrant. Maybe those are the vampires that like follow the tourist home or some local 
and they just basically like devour them. And that's how they stay so youthful and young. And they're always out at night. I never see some of these kids during the day and their dogs. The only thing that makes me not think that is their dogs seem to be very calm. So either the dogs are vampires too, because dogs sense that kind of stuff, yes. right? They have that sexatory. So they'd be like turning on their owner. We are going way deep here, but I feel that uh, I, I always love that. I love the idea of werewolves. I love and listen, we are we are all werewolves without turning to fur and fang because listen, how, how many have, we have a rage attack? And I mean, how many times have you been driving at five o'clock drive time? How many werewolves you see in their car just banging the steering wheel? And an hour earlier, they were like, yes, boss, I'm going to get the ledger to you. They get in that car and it's just like, wow. Right. You know, obviously, because they know they've got to go. They've got to they've got this half an hour drive to get three miles. They've got to rage because guess what? They couldn't do it at the office because they get fired. Can't do it at home because you don't. You're gonna walk into the hornet's nest right. of your wife and your kids, kids and the dog. Yeah. And you gotta be like, I'm so glad to be home. But for that half an hour in that car, they are saying shit. They are wanting death around. Other, they're coming up with forms, a way of killing the guy up in front of them in so many ways that you and I couldn't even fathom. So I think in a lot of ways, everyone is likened. We could be slaves, or we could yes. be likens. So, I just, yes. I just love the mythos of that stuff, man. So, so dude, yeah, I would love at that. some point when there is a flash breaking news and you guys are doing a show and you're like oh my god this is all coming to fruition god amazing bless. it's like it's like one of those movies where you like it's and i like to think about someone's like man what if there's something out there like that like i'd love to be like an actual hunter like a, what are you doing I'm a werewolf hunter what's that pay i don't know it's contract uh you know just like a hitman for but for werewolves right like ansel and gretel um but <laughs> Doing that, but that'd but be a also, great montage. Just some guy seeing a workshop sharpening wooden stakes and <laughs> dusting like a silver bullet. He's just, oh, I need a call, man. Wife's gonna yeah. kill me. Oh, we're yeah. going to work, boys. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so it just makes me kind of go. Um, it's so funny, dude. You know, Life Magazine. Um, they always do these special things. Like the other day, yes. I was like in a. It was like in a Walgreens, and there's like one for Jaws that's still up. I'm like, that's been up some summertime. I've already owned it like nine times over. And then there's like one for like you know. <laughs> prince philip and then i saw one this morning the new life one. i was like the world of witches i was like fucking cool i gotta get that one you know i just bought that today yeah dude i was like i have that yep they did one uh, the other day or a couple months ago about uh the cowboys and the western mm -hmm. uh, i love those magazines man because they're they're very in, they're very engaging and the pictures are fantastic yes, and i, it's, and it's I know really the folklore like great yeah you know the folklore up and down and sideways and you live out there where salem's at so yep. it's just kind of like a it's cool that's what i love about where you live and my nephew lives it's like they're though you're not directly right there by salem but you are coast the eastern seaboard of massachusetts in that Haunting. area Haunting. It's haunting, dude. It's out of like Wuthering Heights, man. It's like, dude, you and I always dark kind of freak shadows. out of us. Dark Shadow intro. That's all it is. Dark Shadows. <laughs> like, yeah. So, dude, and like the Essex like Museum and stuff like that. But it's just like the idea that Salem, like this stuff happened. I love the idea of living in a town like that. That's why sometimes it's funny. Sometimes New Orleans frustrates the life out of me, but sometimes I like the fact that like the idea that maybe creatures of the night live here is pretty cool. Yeah, I don't. There's gators. There's actual real life prehistoric dinosaurs right down my street, but I don't know about the whole vampire thing. But I do love the fact that actual people were stoned because of witchcraft and where you live. I love that. And they could be still out there. It could be the Lords of Salem. You know, they they lived through time to, to wreak the revenge. I love. I man, if they, dude, I, I, would... I I like the fact that like you know 
I'm not a you know serial killer person, but I'm always fascinated by the idea of it. I saw, you know, that was the thing. I was like, what if there was a Michael Myers in the world? W- where is that guy? And there could I'm be. Not... That's the thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, people I go mean, missing every day. And, oh, the, and uh... the further we're pushed into this kind of like trapped insanity and like these crazy laws and things that are like trying to restrict us, like it's like THX 1138, you know? Yeah. Everyone feels like Robert Duvall and they're stinging you in the white room uh, with their <laughs> cattle prods. It's like my only escape is the, the, to basically go up this hole to find the sun. Right. Where's the next college party at an old farmhouse? I'm going to kill every single person. Uh, here with I'm going to go in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they haven't, obviously they haven't making a lot of movies. They go to, to obviously there's lots of films on Netflix and yep. originals, Amazon Prime, but there hasn't been any really good horror done lately. Yeah, I don't. I just saw a trailer for Espionage Conjuring Three. Espionage and spies and things like yeah, that. Yeah, like oh, really? I wonder why. Yeah, well, I I think probably in the coming years they'll make some horror type zombie Dude, type I stuff lo- from COVID. I, but the yeah, mental health yeah. horror man is what's is what's really enticing to me. Which leads us back to the fact that like we may not actually be vampires or werewolves, but there's enough people who can get like so throttled in their heads to right. think that they are that thing to the point where they. You know, it's like where they used to talk about, like, you know, people like go live in the woods and live in a coffin and stuff like that, but they're just normal guys named Fred. Right. Um, yeah, but it'd be, it'd be kind of interesting if someone to see if someone went to the other side that way. I always loved the idea of, um, you ever see Dracula AD? It was like the uh, last Dracula that Peter Cushman yes. and Chris really did. Yes. The yes. beginning of the movie when uh, Dracula, per se, in the 1800s, gets stabbed with the wagon wheel. Yes. Yeah, that, that basically was the end. That was the that was almost like the introduction of the vampire western, and um, so I love the idea that that guy a hundred years later finds Dracula's ashes and has like a sacrifice where he cuts his you know summons Dracula with his own blood to yep. come up. I'm like, wouldn't that be cool? I'm down, dude. I'm down because that way I could be a vampire hunter. Even how about this? How about we just get really you get really high to snort Dracula's ashes? What would happen? Other than you basically have a terrible hangover and you basically have to go to the nasal doctor because basically your sinuses are stuffed up now because that stuff dried up and they're like old, like a uh, cinderwood. Because he did, he gotta, gotta hydrate, man. Oh, would it be like, I, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I, uh, one thing I want to talk to you before we, uh, before we end this is like, um, the fact that you we're talking about you doing spear talk and you got the merch thing going now, which seems to be really a, a yeah. time consuming, but time consuming in all the best ways. Um, yes. But then you're doing seem you're doing seemingly uh, uh, no podcast, uh, with Zach um, no podcast. You're star. You're uh, you're a, you're a guest on a lot of podcasts. You got security starting to beef up now. You got yep. Shine Down. You got Smith and Meyer stuff going on. You're going to TM that. You're going to security that. What's the what do you see? Is there a benefit to asset juggling? what you're doing like what you do um for me i love staying busy um now when it comes to time to take a a break is this is this because you just like to be busy or you can't settle down or you just lack patience or what is um it's not patience i can i know it took me years to understand this but i know i can only control what i can control um Mm -hmm. but i have this weird feeling all the time i hate going to bed at night um now when i fall asleep i pass out um, but I don't like the fact that, that when I'm sleeping, there's someone that stayed awake a minute longer than me. And, I, and, I, and mentally in my head, you sound like Jocko and, and these people, and these people 
I feel like these people could get a one up on me. And these people are different jobs and no one's, no one's doing what I'm doing, but there could be someone like me. Who, you don't who, want to be out hustled by someone right. doing if anything. I could, if I could do it yeah. now, I'm healthy. I'm getting yeah. healthier. Uh, I love what I do. I think that's the key. If you love what you do and you can maintain this and there's nothing stopping you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't, I always feel like. Man, well, maybe I, I should no, I think what you're doing is great because I like the idea that you just do something you love because you never know when it's going to end. Whatever interest could wane, things change. Band says we're just not going to do this anymore. I mean, there's all right. kinds of certain facts, like you said, that's out of your hands at that point. But yeah, the things you can control, the podcast, merchandise, those kind of things. Yeah, that's all in your power. And you just do that until basically the wheels come off or time to say, hey, I need to step back. Yeah. And it's like anything, man. It's like, it's like anything. If you run things too quickly, it'll get by a lot of people and they don't have time to gestate it because you have to understand that 99.9% .9 of the world, John, does not operate at your level as far as like tasking and Yeah, and hustle. No, it's, a lot, it's a lot of stuff, man. I mean, I, I filmed for podcast this week of some other other people's stuff i went an hour today uh d bloodell network live with mm -hmm. all, a bunch of his guys uh yeah there's just i really like just staying in the fire and like the hotter it gets i know i can withstand it and i can push the temperature up a little higher uh, and i like i like just what's that neil young song uh better to burn out the fade away and yeah I, and i get it uh but how about the idea that I, I can push my body to keep burning hotter and hotter. Like who says you have to fade out? And yeah. so for me, I'm like, Hey man, if I love what I do and I can do this, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing we're going to try to talk about real quick is like one of the things, the topics I wrote down was the lack of critical thinking in the country. What has oh, happened God. to people's ability to, use common sense and for the greater good. I mean, we're just seeing, we, we talked about for the greater earlier. good. What was that yeah, movie? Great, uh, uh, Simon Pegg, uh, the cop movie with oh, Timothy hot, Dalton. Hot, 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 hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. There we go. For the greater good. Well, I'm just talking about the idea we were talking earlier, why politicians aren't role models or why they're not looked upon. So you see some of these incredible, I mean, incredible things that they say and what comes out of their mouths and they all seem to get away with it. So it makes you kind of go, do either a they lack critical thinking b are they manipulative are they manipulating the masses through their talk because this is all engineered to be that way or do they really think this way i think they think this way because they know for the longest time their way of thinking or how they perceive how they think to the masses they just mm -hmm. accept what these people are saying yeah and i think we're getting a lot of pushback now is that people for the last year have been dealing with these, these draconian orders that make no sense. And God forbid you ask a question to think differently, you get put in a pigeonhole or ostracized for thinking whatever. And I think now we're going to come into a head where we are, people are fighting back, whether it's physically, uh, whether it's mentally. And we just, I, there's no way some of the stuff these people, governors and senators and people say, they can't be serious for themselves. Like how can Pelosi say really like Maxine Waters this past week if yeah. that was anyone else on the other side of the spectrum that said that they'd be killed their whole family well listen I mean look at look at, look at CBS the other day they they take the video of the girl uh getting ready to stab the other one and and they, they basically take out the knife out of the video edit and it's like you really you took out the main but like even LeBron here. like dude just shut up yeah, I mean I'm like, like stop thinking you're bigger than who you are 
Well, what what school they the go to? The night fights or park? Like, wh- where do they? I mean, I know some of them have come from certain right. neighborhoods, but are knife fights really that really a thing? Is that where we're really at? I mean, the last time knife fights were actually a thing daily was Bakley in the 1300s when everyone would sword fight over basically right. who's going to rule the village. You right. Know? Like, the, what are we, over, only a strong with Mark DeCostas doing capoeira knife fighting in a parking garage? Like, Oh, my God. This, like, what are we doing here? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, stop. So, dude, like, I, I sit there and you kind of go, okay, if this gets too far gone, there's no way we're going to put the genie back in the bottle, but can we reverse course on where we're headed? Because right now you're taking kids and making sure that they can't study certain math until they get to 18. And you've got these incredible laws. You've got, I mean, whatever's going on, the manipulating with it, like the taxes and stuff like that and everything like you're going to basically ruin the idea that people in middle America can invest anymore. I mean, it's at what point, I mean, you've got, Russia setting up basically a whole f- base next right on the the the, the border with Ukraine. You've got all yep. these things going on. You've got uh, Iranian drones or Iraqi uh, Iranian drones flying over our aircraft carriers. I mean, like at what point does someone in the White House or even anywhere in government, military God, any the, anyone in the White House itself, anyone in an actual White yeah, House? I don't care. I don't care if it's the guy who's mixing drinks at the Friday mixer. I mean, it's just like. Who's going to sit there and go, wait, hold on, this is what, wait, how do we get off track so quickly? How so quickly? Now, let me ask you this. And I know, obviously, your mom passed away uh, mm-hmm. relatively recently. But like, if she was alive, like before Alzheimer's, all this stuff, sure. this, what would, would you would talk with her about what's going on now when she was alive during the COVID era this mm-hmm. last year and a half? How would she have dealt with it? Like, because what they went through, obviously, her life is apples to oranges. Like, Sure. People today would have just hogged themselves, literally. I, 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 I think she would just like basically like this is asinine, and it doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to do it. She would, but my mom, being as she is, she's like, well, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to wear the, I'm going to wear the prettiest one. Right, you right, know? and then talk that, shit that, to these people. Yeah, she's like, this is crazy. What are we doing? It basically just like no filter, older person like stuff, yep. which basically they speak the truth. And, Push ahead yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. This is ridiculous. She's like, I've lived this long and I've been through more than this. Why I have to wear this silly mask? Why can't I go see my hairstylist? You know, that would bother her the most. She'd be like on fire about that. Like, right, especially if I need my, going. Yeah, I need my hair set. What am I doing here? This sucks. <laughs> well, dude, like it's funny you mentioned that. Like, you know, don't ask questions. Don't critical think. Don't you dare mention that you're an anti-mask person or you're anti-vax. I mean, forget it. You're not allowed to think that way. These people. These people, oh my God, I go, oh my God, it got my second shot. Can't wait for the industry to open back up. I'm like, you realize that the live music business or whatever concerts don't happen because you got a vaccine. Yes, it helps because they want to create this certain percentage. But unless the counties, municipalities, cities, convention centers are on the same page and they're going to do it, it does. You can get the shit poured in your eyeballs. They're not going to do it. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't listen, get those people that actually show their shot cards either. Like I never, I don't no, get it. No, no, no. It's dude. It's we all, we've all we all know. <laughs> is what that it's a for. weird? Flex? We all know what it's cool. It, it's a weird. Yeah, it's a weird flex. It's funny. Um, we we all know why they do it. It's just you know, it's it's part of like me too. Like, but not the good, not not the other me too. We're the me too. Like, hey, I'm one of the gang. Oh, it's like, I'm hey, here. I got this. Yeah. the party. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, here's my. I here. What cog number am I? Right. So here's my contact quiet, info. Yeah, just my, you know, yeah. go get it quietly. Get it. The only people that need to know you got it is the state or the airline or whoever needs proof of it. That's all that needs it. You don't need to blurt it out, you know? So yep, I hear you. anyway, but uh, 
This was fun, well, man. Dude. You know, this is a good one, man. This is a, a little bit more relaxed than some of our others, but uh, very informative. I think we were able to speak. And I, okay, I know we can call it right now. I'm going to go Red Sox go 84 and 62. 84, 62. Uh, I would have said they, say they go, they win 91 games. Bold. Yeah. You know, there's going to, I think, you got what, the 90s. I, think, I think what's going to happen when Sale gets back, the problem is he's overworked every year. He's been here getting these massive victories, which we needed early. But if they could sustain what they're doing now and mm-hmm. win 60%, 75% of these series and all this stuff, I think when he comes back and they, maybe at the trade deadline in July, they get someone who's a, another spark plug veteran that hates where he's at now. And that's I, what we do. We tend to get those at the all star break. We tend to get those guys that show chip up on like, their shoulder. Perform magic for four months, and yep. then they're on their way. Then they that we've done is basically they're going to yep. be gone because it was a short term deal. But we just basically up their their market value. But here's the thing: if they win over eighty games this year, like that's a win for me. Like considering where yeah. we're at, how it's above five hundred, quite honestly, is almost oh. feels like a win. But I think right now they're showing promise to go seven fifty. Yeah, seven I, at, least, I, I, at least at least six fifty. And I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Right, well, man. This is a good one. Thanks, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, we'll do this again. Whenever yeah, we do this it this week, there's no, yes. there's, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it this week. All right, but awesome. take care. Uh, we'll catch up with you. Later. Bye.